The views expressed on the following program are designed to amplify those of the speaker and are not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors. Hello, everybody! Coming up on today's experience, devotional diamonds of the day, also known as DDDs, where my daily devotions become some of our spiritual reflections. Sound effects placed throughout the show, which have nothing to do with life, but they're fun, they're funny, they make me laugh, they make you laugh, they make everybody laugh, except for people who are more like Eeyore, who never laughs. The review of the goofy news, which proves Jesus is coming back sooner than you think, four, three, Life lessons for our faith that we can actually use probably won't if we're not going to be doers. See, there's a big difference between a doer and a hearer. A doer builds their house on a rock. A hearer builds their their house on sand. I don't know. What do you think would stand up against the water? Hmm. Humor that will force you to think, why does this guy have a radio show? Excellent question. Also, Bible trivia for fake, and yet somehow at the same time, real cool prizes, your phone calls, and more. Living this life, not always Welcome! To the David Spoon Experience. Oh, my. Local, heavenly, and national talk. I did that in the reverse order. Let's try that again. Local, national, and heavenly talk. That's better. My name is David Spoon. I'll be your host for the next 5,400 seconds. Get ready for one of the more bizarre experiences on live radio. Here's the key to the show. We don't know what we're doing. We have no idea what's going to happen, and we don't care. But for the next few minutes, I want to talk faith with you. So here we go. We're asking questions about living life as a Christian, going through that process. Yes, that involves getting up when you don't want to get up, going to bed when you don't want to go to bed, driving in traffic when you don't want to drive in traffic. You know, there's a lot of don't things there, huh? Bottom line is we are supposed to walk with Jesus 365, 24-7. Never apart, always with, always connected. Walking in the strength, in the grace, in the mercy, and in the love that comes from the Lord every single day. You don't want to walk behind God so far you can't see him or so far in front of him that you're going to run right off a cliff. You want to walk side by side, hand in hand. Here we'll keep it simple. If you have an opinion, a comment, a thought, or a question, perhaps you have a praise report or a prayer request or you want to answer Bible trivia, which we will do in a little bit. Any and all of those things are available to you. All you have to do is call 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. And when you call, Captain Chris will answer the phone, and you will be sailing in the right direction. I think that's a pretty good one. Do you like that? Yeah, I like that one. Okay, that's pretty good. Sailing in the right direction. Also, you can text us, 214-210-8483. People are already texting. 214-210-8483. Or you can email us, david at org. That's david at org, which 
of course, leads us to our website. We bring up the website for about 500 reasons. Actually, we bring up the, the website for about 2,800 reasons, but that's a whole separate issue. <laughs> Bottom line is you can get a book there for 99 cents, the last book that we have written and uh, kind of redone. We also offer some videos and some audios on encouraging you, challenging times for faith. We want to you know, push you through, be that encouragement, be that lifter upper kind of people. Plus also it's an opportunity to give, and we kind of think that's important because that helps us do the show because without it we're not doing the show. It's pretty simple. Please check out hemustincrease.org. Website, he must increase.org, he must increase.org. Email David at he must increase.org. Facebook, he must increase ministry. YouTube, he must increase ministry. Okie dokie, artichokey, as you know, that is the theological term in this show. Not uh, thank you very much or any of those other things, but okie dokie, artichokey. That is our theological tag. Here is the bottom line. I do want to let you know. So we had a new play yesterday. It was a kind of a they took our old commercial for giving and they redid it. Uh, they did it at corporate, okay, which is very nice of them. And we loved everything about it except we took out one little part. Can can you guess which part I didn't want to keep in there that I talked to them about taking out and that we've taken out? It's the little part that talks about David and his grand wisdom. <laughs> I just decided, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, should be all uh, smoothed over there, so we were trying to take care of that, but you will hear that. They uh, did that for me. I didn't ask them to do that. They did it out of the kindness of their heart, and so they're going to be playing that for us, and we appreciate that. That's always nice when somebody is doing something to be a blessing, to encourage you, to strengthen you. You have to love that. I mean, it's just a wonderful process. Uh, where people uh, stand up and support you, which is why I always ask you guys, no matter what you do, even beyond the giving, be praying, be praying. There's enough spiritual warfare uh, in, in my life right now. It's amazing how much there is. And so I need you to keep praying, keep praying, keep praying, keep praying. Okay? That's what I need you to do. Uh, the only other thing, uh, we talked about the book, we talked about this, talked about this. Oh, this second segment that we're going to do, some of you are just going to go, uh-oh. Don't, don't get mad at me. We're going to be talking about slaves and slavery. That's always fun, isn't it? Uh, in the meantime, let's get to the rest of the text that we have. Oh, we do have, this is read and ramble, so you do have to play the read and ramble. I almost forgot that. All right, let's play that read and ramble real quick. Well, I'm rambling, 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 See, just need the blend right there. Here, uh, here we go. We're going on Colossians. Uh, this is going to be chapter three. Uh, last week we did uh, wives and we did husbands, and you know we kind of did things in reverse. So in ch- in verse eighteen we talked about wives, but we kind of chided the husbands, and then in verse nineteen we talked about husbands and then kind of chided the wives. I mean that's kind of how you know. You never know with me. That's kind of how things go. Uh, In verse 20, we're going to start off with the children. It says, children, obey your parents in everything, for this is pleasing to the Lord. Now, unfortunately, there's a few people that misunderstand what's being said here, and they think that that applies all the way into their adulthood and then all the way into their senior life and so on and so forth. And it's like, "Eh," wrong answer. When it's talking about children, it's talking about young children that are under the care or the tutelage of the parents in their home. 
So when it says, children, obey your parents and everything, this is not for a 45-year-old listening to their 70-year-old uh, father say, buy me Rams tickets or something, okay? So let's, let's kind of change all that stuff. Uh, there's nothing in the Bible that's goofy, goofy like that. And so when it says, children, obey your parents, it's talking about the young parent, the, the young kids. Now, in lieu of honoring your mother and your father, the word honor in the Hebrew means to be in consideration of, which means that if your mom or your dad who are older than you tell you something, you should think about it and you should weigh it. It never stands between you and God as nothing is allowed to stand between you and God, not even your opinion, let alone somebody else's opinion. God and his truth, that's it. Not following up to that puts you in your own problem. But what is being said is that, hey, younger children, you guys, you need to listen to your parents. You need to stop giving them a hard time. It's fair to say to your younger children, the Lord would appreciate it if you would just behave a little better. That's not wrong. It's a little manipulative, but it's not wrong. But just in case you think the way that God sets it up is really to get the kids in trouble and let the parents off the hook, the very next line, after it says, children, obey your parents and everything, for this is pleasing to the Lord. Young children. The very next line says, fathers, do not provoke your children so they will not become discouraged. Instead of the Lord just letting people get away with things and you just being able to say, God says, listen to me, okay? If your child is a student of the word, your child will be able to say, but doesn't God also say, don't provoke me as a child? <laughs> so the idea behind that is to understand or understand what provoking is and making sure that you you don't want to discourage your children. To provoke a child is to aggravate or to be too hard on. Now, I know there's no parents out there, no dads out there that have ever been too hard on your kids. <laughs> okay, sure. Anyhow, it's not that you can change what you have done backwards, but you can change what you're doing forwards. The idea is not to provoke them, to aggravate them, or to be too hard upon them, because that will what? Discourage them. And that's what you don't want to do. As a parent and as a, as a grandparent, I know a little. I don't know everything. I just know a few things. And what I know is that I didn't do the best job at making sure I was encouraging my kids. I know that. I can confess that. I can acknowledge that. In fact, I actually told my kids when they were growing up, when you go to therapy, blame your dad, and that'll save you like hundreds and thousands of dollars because you can just blame me. Because from my point of view, I probably did a lot of things that were rather dumb or not brilliant. On the flip side of that, when it says to encourage them, that does not mean encourage them in a life of sin. It does not mean encourage them in a life of defiance. It means encourage them to, to draw closer to the Lord, to do the right things, and to be the right way, because that's what God expects. So you are God's temporary parent. Let me explain that. God lends you your children. They are lent to you. Do you understand? Because at some point, that child, the responsibility of that child, it has to go directly to before the Lord, skipping you as a parent and right to God. So you are a parent in temporary status. And then when that child gets to the certain place, then their heavenly father steps in, who is the perfect parent. 
You do the best you can as a dad, you do the best you can as a youngin, and you try to honor God with the way you live. That's how you do that. But when we get back, oh, the controversy will fly. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business, but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us, as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at the end of the year indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax-deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Or in Proverbs, where it teaches that a generous person will prosper, whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time energy like so few can right here on KAAM with his special guest today focus on the family trauma specialist Tim Sanford people as they try to sort this out they 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 go through this uh they, they go through maybe a litany or a list in their mind and try to evaluate well you know is this this and is this this and and what you said right there is the key that the core of our strength the core of our ability to, to go on yet for another day in the midst of what we would consider to be uh, chaos, both uh, socially, politically, and, and in other realms, is the Lord. I mean, the Lord gives us the ability. I mean, until he blows that trumpet, we are not done. Exactly. And that's where we come back to people ask me, well, again, the why, why, why questions that people all across the U.S. are asking. And my best theological accurate answer I can give them is, I don't know. I don't stop there. That is an accurate answer. I finished my answer then by saying, here's what I do know. Excellent. I know that God is still on his throne. I know that God knew what was going on. I don't know why he, no, I don't know why that. Here's what I do know. God is a still a loving God. He still is in charge. Here's what I do know. Here's what I do know. Here's what I do know. The David Spoon Experience. On Christ the solid rock I stand oh, Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Let's get ready for our first trivia question. Whoa, first one, huh? Yeah. What did the crowd say when Pilate asked them, what he should do with Jesus. How did they respond? How did they react or how did they respond when Pilate said, well, what shall I do with your king? What shall I do with Jesus? 
If you think you know the answer, you can call in 972-445-0770. Very fast on the draw is Kirk today. Uh, You can also text in 214-210-8483. Somebody already calling in. You can also send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. So you can do all of those things. Uh, do we have somebody ready to answer? Okay, here you go. I'm leaning over, leaning over. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hi, David. This is Deborah. Hi, Deborah. Great to hear you. All right. This is <laughs> this is a it's it's a sad one, but it's an important one for people to understand in its own way. What did the crowd say when Pilate said, "What should I do with Jesus"? Crucify him. That is correct. That is what the crowd did. I want you to know it's it's amazing because people today still, when you talk about Jesus in their words and in their hearts, they still crucify him. It's that's so amazing. But in their own in their own way, they still reject us. They still reject him. They still reject the truth. They still reject him as Messiah. And yes. they, sometimes they don't even know what they're saying. Jesus even said, Father, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. Right? It's like, <laughs> wow, that's right? sad. All right. Excellent job. Very, very good. Way to be on top Thank of that. Thank you. God bless you. Have a good day. All right. You too. God, God bless. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Excellent job by Deborah. Always doing an excellent job. Let's uh, do our DNA real fast. We can do that pretty quick. Doesn't take a long time. Here's our DNA. Draw closer. D, draw closer to the Lord. Daily. Daily. Daily, daily, daily. Not weekly, not monthly, not yearly, not every uh, decade, and certainly not every century. That's just not going to help you. Daily. That's So draw closer to the Lord daily and never be ashamed of Jesus or his word. Never, 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 never be ashamed. And then A, always be ready. To serve. To serve. Because what you're doing is you're putting yourself to a place to love God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. Love your neighbors. You love yourself. That is our DNA here on the show. Draw closer to the Lord daily. Never be ashamed of Jesus or his word. And always be ready to serve. DNA. Okay? All right. Well, here you go. You want controversy? We got it right here. All right. We did that. We did that. We covered that. We covered that. We covered that. Here we go. So here's the next text in Colossians. Colossians chapter 3, verse 22. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything, not only to please them while they are watching, but with sincerity of heart and fear of the Lord. I don't think it's going to take very much for people to understand that there's more than just a little controversy. So I want to go into the depth of theology on this so you can understand the word slaves. I'm going to read this. Literally, I'm reading this from the English Standard Version and their translation of words. And I want you to hear this. So take it. Don't get distracted because if you miss some of this, you're going to miss the whole element. So follow the bouncing ball. Okay. A particularly diff- difficult, great difficulty is presented in with words in biblical Hebrew and biblical Greek when it refers to ancient practices and institutions that do not correspond directly to those in the modern world. Such is the case in the translation of ibed, which is Hebrew, or doulos, which is Greek, which is often rendered the word slave. 
These terms, however, actually cover a range of relationships that requires a range of renderings. It's slave, it's bondservant, it's servant, it depends on the context. Furthermore, the word slave carries an association often with brutal and dehumanizing institution of slavery, particularly in the 19th century America. Let me stop right there. The slavery that America engaged with in the 19th century, in the 18th century, was not biblical, was not the way that God had set it up. In fact, in the Old Testament, if you kidnapped somebody to make them a slave, you faced the death penalty. That should have stopped all of that right there, right? But they weren't using the Bible. They were using what? bits and pieces in order to justify what they were doing. So now let's go a little further so we can fully understand. Thus, in the Old Testament times, one might enter slavery either voluntarily to escape poverty or pay off a debt or involuntary by birth, by being captured in battle, or by judicial sentence. Protection for all in servitude in ancient Israel was provided by the Mosaic Law, including specific provisions for release. From slavery. In the New Testament, Dulos is often best described as bondservant. That is, someone in Rome, the Roman Empire officially entered under a contract to serve his master for seven years. Unless they were in Caesar's household, then they had to make that contract for 14 years. When the contract expired, the person was freed given his wage that had been saved by the master and officially declared a free person, okay? That is not what happened in the 19th century, period, okay? You can say all that you want to say. You can say, well, you know, the people on the left are blowing it over, and you can say the people on the right are underselling it. You can go any direction you want to go. doesn't matter. It wasn't biblical what they did. It wasn't provided for in the scripture. They did not use the Bible as their guideline, and they justified it and then their actions and then ignored the Mosaic Law. <laughs> it was just like, wait, wait, wait. So it tells you that in certain places within our own country, there's a lot of dumb Bible teaching going on. And I'm not just talking about dumb. I'm talking about dumb. I mean really dumb. So if you will just consider that there was the death penalty for anybody who kidnapped anybody and made them a slave, and just can put that one truth, one biblical truth, bam, right in the 19th century, that had taken care of about 80% of it. Just one. And this is what happens when people don't know. Our closest association with the slaves, the bondservant mentality of Scripture is way closer connected to employment. You go into an employment contract. Many people actually enter into a contract. You work it for a certain amount of time. We have arguments now on whether there's a you can terminate at will or you have to serve a certain amount of time, whether there's compensation afterwards. I mean, that's all the arguments, but that's much more the premise when it's talking about it in the Bible, a voluntary yielding in order to gain a social status, acquire money, and then acquire land and so on and so forth. 
Kind of like, and I want to be careful I say this, but kind of like when you're young, 18 or 19, and you get a really lousy job, and then you get that for a certain amount of time, you save a little money, and then you get an apartment, and you share it with somebody else, and then you keep working and keep working and keep working, and you grow in the status, and then you can get a little more and gain a little more and get a little more and gain a little more. Credit becomes a little better, and then you are able to maybe purchase something or get close to purchasing something, or if you're really bad with money, you just keep getting nicer cars and never get out of the apartment. That's up to you, but the idea behind that is that that's much closer. And the whole admonition is for us as people who are in service to others is to make sure that we understand that we're not serving while they're not looking. In other words, it's like, Ooh, he's not watching me work. I'm not really going to work. I'm just going to waste my time do, 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 playing tiddlywinks. When you work, God watches. And he knows whether you're being a liar, a cheat, if you're cutting corners or anything else. Consequently, when you give to the church, he knows when you say it's 10%, whether it's actually 10%. I'm just saying. <laughs> Don't get mad at me. I didn't invent it. But listen to what the passage says. Obey your earthly masters and everything, to not only to please them while they're watching— with a sincere heart. You do it voluntarily, you do it sincerely, and you recognize, I think this is a part that does get missed, is that sometimes the Lord lets you go into a place, a position, a job, a function, not because of the money, but for something completely different that he wants to orchestrate in your life, in somebody else's lives, or in everybody's life. And that's where I think the biggest miss is is what we just always in our country talk about the job or the career only from a money point of view. But what about what God wants? What if God would like you to make a little less but share your testimony a little more? Nobody's <laughs> wants to talk about that. There's no books on that, right? Get less pay, share the gospel more. <laughs> Not a lot of not a lot of self-help books that go down that track. Here's the bottom line. God knows what you're gonna face and what you're not gonna face. You're not in the situation that they were in in the 18th and 19th century, and nor should you ever be, and nor should anybody have ever been. But when you do the things you do for the people you do them, you have to be aware that you always have a master, a ruler of the universe who's watching everything you're doing. And he doesn't want you to be hypocritical in the sense of only doing good while people are watching. That's hypocrisy. Do it because it's right and it's within your heart. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Work it as unto the Lord, as though he is your chief boss. It's amazing how God gives rewards and they're substantially better and long-term and different in nature than the way man rewards one another, isn't it? I find stuff like that fascinating. Uh, if you really want to understand this, you should hear it a second time by listening to it on the podcast. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Going to take a short break, then come back, top of the hour. Don't go anywhere. What is the David Spoon Experience? Anyway, that's not even the story. Let me tell you the story. Because it's so big, I cut the first third yesterday. 
And uh, that's the front of the house. And the back two-thirds I'll do today, tomorrow, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, whatever that is. But it looks really good. All right? So that's cool. Anyhow, there's – so I'm cleaning it all up, and I've got the little electric weed eater and the little blower. (laughs) They're working. It works great. Everything's working great. And I have a stick. Now, this stick – was there when we moved into the house, and it was a stick that went with a broken rake. And I don't know why uh, my wife and I have kept it in the garage for like 17 months, but I thought, this is ridiculous. I got to get rid of this stick. So I looked at the stick, and I thought, I could high karate this because it wouldn't fit in the trash can, right? A little too long. You put it in the trash can, even on an angle, the trash can's sitting up about four inches, and you know it was windy yesterday. So if I did that, to catch the wind, and you know. So I thought, nah, I can hide karate this. I'm strong enough. And then I thought, this is the kind of thing where pride really gets in the way. I got to be careful. So I did what any other guy would do. I took my two trash cans. I put the stick in between the two trash cans. I took a saw and I cut the saw half. I used the saw and cut the stick halfway through. So now I'm going to high karate this bad boy and feel good about it. Yeah, no pride here, right? How long do I got? Like a minute, two minutes? Perfect, two minutes. Watch this. So I cut it perfectly in half. I get my arm, my forearm, my elbow, and I go, hi-ya! And I high karate that bad boy. One part of the two part sticks, okay, which is like kind of like a broom handle, hits the top of the trash can where it was sitting, kind of bounced on it, came up, and hit me right in the forehead. <laughs> Damn! <laughs> I was really feeling pride right up until it hit me in the head. And then I realized, one, I couldn't have done it without the saw. And two, even with the saw, apparently I couldn't have done it (laughs) because the stick hit me back. I don't think that was very nice of it. And I will say it did end up in the trash and it went bye-bye.